Breaking it down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here with the author of Ransom Notes and more Ransom Notes, uh, Kathy Ransom. And uh, it is it is here. The, the book is out. The new book is out. And she's the subject of a documentary. And... Uh, and she's got so many things going on, but uh, a weekly installment of uh, of ransom notes is upon us. Kathy, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Frank. Uh, it's uh, we just got through celebrating uh, the winning of Kansas City and the Super Bowl, and living in the Midwest. Obviously, uh, our options tended to focus on Kansas City, and so we celebrated. Well, congratulations to you and. All the Midwesterners that uh, that love those Midwestern teams, and uh, you got a good one there. They have a dynasty, right? Uh, three or four years they won Super Bowls, so that's that's great for them and great for the fans. I, I uh, I'm glad I'm not a football player, but we did enjoy watching the game. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Uh, uh, what have you What have you been concentrating on? Well, a lot of things, but I want to ask you a question first, Frank. When you hear the word pursuit. What comes to your mind? Pursuit. <clears throat> Pursuit sometimes, I, I think my initial reaction is uh, is like somebody is escaped or something is escaped and you're in pursuit. The police are in pursuit. I hope I'm not thinking too negatively there. Um, but uh, also any pursuit is, is to follow something, is to uh, um, to follow something with severe purpose. You know, to to find it, but and and and, I, and that's uh, probably more the uh, direction I want us to think about t- today. Is uh, this morning early before I even hopped out of bed, I was listening to a devotion that I get each week from a professor at Ozark Christian University called Shane. His name is Shane Wood, and he's a professor there in Joplin, Missouri. And today he was making and building his <clears throat> comments on the word pursuit or our pursuit based on the passage of scripture in Psalms, the 84th chapter. And I don't know, I just, this wasn't really what I had planned to talk about today, but it touched my heart. And I got to thinking, I think we might just like to talk about pursuit. And so we're going to look at the, uh, some of the verses in chapter 84. We, I think as Christians and followers of God, we generally think that we're pursuing and trying to be, uh, uh, we want God to love us. We pray that he comes and helps us. We know that he's reaching out to us. He pursues us. It's a, <clears throat> an active thing that he does. But as Shane looked at, <clears throat> excuse me, I seem to have a little frog. It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we're going to have to just Hold on. sort of, he started reading Psalms, the first couple of verses. And if you listen to that, you'll see that the psalmist there is not waiting for God to pursue him which is certainly something we need to do or wait for or ask or for. He starts it out with this lovely verse, how lovely is your dwelling place. And Frank, he's not talking about your house or mine. Mm -hmm. He's talking about 
this dwelling place, this whole world in which we live. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord God Almighty. He's also talking about where God himself lives. And we know that heaven and where he lives is probably, I don't know your house, but it's certainly probably much better than where I live. And I have a very comfortable home, but God's dwelling place is pretty great. Now, the psalmist then goes on, and this is the part I want us to sort of begin to look at. My soul, the psalmist, yearns, which is a real active word, yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Where does that psalmist want to go? He wants to go where God is. He's pursuing the court of heaven. He is asking to help. My soul yearns, even faints, for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, I don't want to be too vivid with my flesh cries out. I don't think it means we have to slash ourselves. No. But, because I'm not very good at self-mutilation. <laughs> and I hope most of our listeners are not either. Yes, I hope but, so too. There's a way to cry out, you know, figuratively speaking. And then he gives a couple of examples. Even the little sparrow has found a home. That sparrow was hunting for a home, and the swallow is hunting for a nest. If even the birds need a home, you know, you and I need a home. We need a physical home here on Earth, and that's why many of us get sad when and try to do some things for homeless people because they need a home. But more importantly, I want us to remind everybody, and we know it, but we sometimes forget it, that we need to seek and do something for our final home or resting place. The swallow, a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So we begin to think, what does it really mean to seek the Lord, to pursue? And Shane made an interesting comment today. He said, a one-way pursuit, which is what you sort of described first, Frank. Yeah. Somebody escaped prison and we pursue them. Somebody does something wrong and the police go after them. That it is more of a stalking. Sometimes somebody wants to find somebody and they stalk them and then pretty soon they do something evil to their presence or to their person or whatever. Real pursuit as we're looking at here in Psalms 84, is a two-way thing. We know the Lord's looking for us. He wants all of his children. He's, he's eager for them to come to see him. But a real pursuit versus a stalking, and it's, it's two ways. And you and I have got to do something about that. We can't just sit and maybe attend a little service on Sunday mornings. There's more to that. Think of that swallow that's trying to make a nest. It doesn't just sit on the nest. It has to go out and find the materials to make the nest. We have to go out and help others find the Lord. There are some words that he used. My soul yearns. 
I even get faint. I am so eager, he said. I cry out. When's the last time we thought to pray and cry out, Lord, help me make sure I'm hunting you. Help make sure I'm on my path to be toward, what do I need to do, God, today to let people know that I'm hunting you and wanting to pursue you and where you are. It's a two-way thing. So I want to remind us that it looks like there are two or three things we need to do. One, we need to praise. When's the last time we really stopped and didn't just say, hey, you know, Lord God, I really need some help. My great uncle is dying and please give him comfort. I, uh, I know a family that needs some food. Help me, Lord, find that food. We, we're asking him, but we need to, and, and that's perfectly perfect. We need to ask the Father. But there is a balance. You didn't want your kids <clears throat> just to say, hey, Dad, I need a new car. Right. Or I need <clears throat> bread or money for the, the whatever kids want. Yeah. You, you, want, you, you, want, you want them to ask, but you also want them to give. And, to, you know, hey, Dad, can I help mow the lawn or whatever it is that you want them to do? You know, put clean out the chimney in the old days, maybe when you wanted to clean up the fireplace, whatever it might be. But you also wanted to say, hey, Dad, you know, I really appreciated that you were able to help me go to the prom. Or, you know what I really appreciated, Dad, was you introduced me to good things in life. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you helped me go to college and you even helped pay my way. You made it safe for me to go to college. When's the last time we've said the same kind of things to the Heavenly Father? That's part of it. Because he goes on in the verse 8, and he says, Hear my prayer. This is the psalmist saying, Hey, God Almighty, hear my prayer. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. David had been anointed as a king. Maybe that's to whom we're referring to right there. But in verse 10, it says, Better is one day in your courts, being in heaven, being with him. One day is better than a thousand anywhere else, even living in New York or Illinois or Chicago or Hong Kong or wherever. It's better than, and now I have to be sort of silly, it's better than having a thousand Super Bowls that you get to attend to in your lifetime. One day with God is better than a thousand Super Bowls. Mm. Now, the Bible doesn't say the thousand Super Bowls, but he goes on and he said, you know, if you think about in the Old Testament days, in the tabernacle, they had doorkeepers. That, to me, is sort of the equivalent. It's probably not perfectly right, but a doorkeeper is sort of the one. Maybe he's the greeter at the door. Uh, Maybe he's the custodian that makes sure that the temple or the church has been locked up and taken care of better i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my god than dwell in the tents of the wicked i'm not going to define the wicked 
everybody listening knows that we have things that are wicked in our country. Places that we go, things that we do, and sometimes even things that we think are wicked thoughts. Now, I'm guessing everybody here maybe has thought a wicked thought. They might have even thought, I really wish that the enemy last night in the Super Bowl broke, somebody broke a thumb or stumbled and could, you know, maybe they thought sort of a wicked thought quickly. Then they erased it from their head, I'm sure, very swiftly. But it's better to be one day in the courts as a doorkeeper and, and, and to dwell with you than to be a thousand days in tents of the wicked. We need to keep pursuing. And I think we need to pursue being a follower and going after God to be with him with the same degree of aggressiveness that the members of both teams last night as they pursued, quote, their enemy team. When you think of that front line and how they rushed the quarterback, they were aggressive. Are we that aggressive? Have we? I don't know. Sometimes, once in a while in my life, I am, but I'm not too often. No good thing does God withhold from us with this wonderful promise from those who walk is blameless. That's a pretty hard order, though, to be blameless. We've got to work on it. And to be blameless, we know we've got to have him help us. So I encourage each of us to pray and ask that he will guide us, help us to pursue him, help us to share that love with others. And one day is better in that court of God's than a thousand days in our world with sin. It's been great to talk to you today, Frank. Same here, Kathy. Wonderful thoughts, and uh, and our congratulations go out to the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, we thank the Lord uh, for the wonderful, the wonderful excitement that we all had as fans, and thank them, and thank the Lord that we didn't, uh, we didn't hurt anybody seriously, hurt anybody last night. Everyone is going to come out of the game okay, uh, which is uh, which is wonderful. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. And to everyone, thank you very much. For tuning in more ransom notes is here and uh get ransom notes and more ransom notes frank mckay signing off for kathy ransom we'll see you next time on ransom notes you've been listening to breaking it down with frank mckay the most intriguing talk in talk radio, talk radio.